0: We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, y'all look good. So good to see you all today. Welcome to the church at Sturkey Hills. We're glad you're here on this beautiful day. Hey, listen, how many people came to the fall at the mow last week? So I did. Hey, Amen. Wasn't that a good time for our church? I'd like to ex- extend my appreciation to Ashley and Lucas Arnold and to Sarah John Meyer for kind of uh, hosting that and putting that all together. They did a great job, did they not? And then also yesterday we had a a day with Kendra Graham, Billy Graham's grandson's wife. How's that for a title? And uh, she did an outstanding job. Ladies, who in here came yesterday say, I did? Yeah, many more should have come. Y'all missed a blessing. Blessing. All right? And so God is allowing us to do wonderful things in the life of our church and I want to encourage you not to miss a moment of it, man, just to savor all that God's doing cuz he's doing some phenomenal things. I'm in particular I'm excited about today. I feel special, I feel loved. I I showed up in my little green room back there and 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 that somebody had put pumpkins back there and like a a a floral arrangement, like hand lotion, this special water. It's Evian made by the French Alps normally I drink water like bottled in Atlanta all right this is actually for Kendra Graham all right they showed the love on her so they set the bar so anybody wants to take the challenge and make me feel loved every Sunday I won't run you away all right so I'll probably be drinking Atlanta water next week just saying hey we're so glad that you're here and God is doing some cool things now I'll just I'm I'm just gonna say this first of all tonight Uh, If you want to learn more about our local ministries and missions that we support, please come. We'll have a panel discussion and we'll talk about how you can be involved in missions like right now and right here. Okay, not traveling around the world. But at the same time, the ministry that was just featured on the video in Honduras, uh, Hope Through Him, great ministry. Been there, served with them, and, and it's not that difficult to go there. So uh, be prayerful about how God would engage you in His mission. And we're gonna talk about the, that again today. Um, maybe you've been visiting for a while and, and, and you think maybe this is your church home. I will say on November 7th, we'll have a membership meeting, and I want you to sign up at the Connection Center to be a part of that. And so with that, we're going to continue in this amazing little book called Jonah. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, if you weren't here last week, if you're in a paper Bible, go ahead and turn to the index and find a page number. Because you will not find, and he's a minor prophet, he has a minor place in all God's word. Four little chapters tucked away in the Old Testament. And men, if you don't look it up and get you a page number at the end of the sermon, you'll be telling your wife, I think somebody cut it out of my Bible. He's not in here. He's in there, you just got to find him. And he's hard. All right, it's, it's difficult to dig him out of the Old Testament because he has such a, a small spot, small real estate, but an amazing absolutely phenomenal message and the title is the biggest little mission story ever and this is missions emphasis month where we try to help you all and help us all be mindful that God has put us here for a reason we're here for a reason and that's missions Uh, we're we're uh, we've been commissioned and commanded and called to share the gospel to love people in Jesus name uh and and, and it's a part, our commission is, gets its origin in God's greater mission. And his mission is simply this, God inviting people from all people groups into his forever family. And if you're saved today, that's what that looks like. He invited you to join his forever family. Man, that's good news. That's something you can build your life on and sink your teeth and wrap your arms around and be excited and hopeful no matter what your days may look like. Now, this book. Jonah let me just go ahead and tell you where I stand you don't have to agree with me that's fine you can be wrong and it's it's true it's true that's where I stand it's true chapter one two three and four it's all true including the big fish it's true all right now why why do I believe that's true I, I don't think it's a big deal I, I, be, I believe a man can be swallowed by a fish for three days and three nights and survive and live to tell about it I believe it how can I believe that Because I can believe in a man swallowed by a grave for three days and three nights and live to tell about it. The first being Jonah, the second being Jesus. I got no problem with believing that because I believe in a big God, right? And and that's what we want to do. We want to be mindful and reminded every week that we serve a big God, a big big God, little us. That's what it's all about. And, And so I believe that, but I believe it because Jesus believed it. Jesus believed Jonah hung out in a fish for three days and three nights he refers to it in Luke chapter 11 you can look it up if Jesus believes it good reason for me and you to believe it amen amen Amen. half of you it's cool okay now last week we talked about the first point which was the message was a command to missions tell the person sitting around you you're under command Here's how it began, just to get us up to speed in, in, in context to where, where we're at today. It says in verse 1, the Lord's message came to Jonah, son of Amittai. He said, go immediately to Nineveh, that large capital city, and announce judgment against its people, because their wickedness has come to my attention. Now, it, it, we, we, we unpack this. Nineveh is a real place. It's even today. It's called Mosul, Iraq. And God said, and they were enemies of Israel. They were, this were, these were wicked, vile people. I mean, they were ruthless. They would come into a town and if the town knew they were coming off and the history says the whole city would commit suicide just to, just to take away the, their privilege of, of torturing them. You know, so we'll just go ahead and check out. That way you can't have the privilege and the honor of torturing us. But if they weren't, if they didn't commit suicide, uh, the Ninevites or the Assyrians would come in. And they would skin the men and bury them in sand so their, their flesh would burn and pull their tongues out, drive a pin through it, and watch them thirst to death, meanwhile abusing their wives and children in front of them. Ruthless, vile, wicked people, all right? And so this is who God says, Hey, Jonah, I need you to take the message over to those people, right? All of a sudden we begin to realize uh, the mission is, uh, is, our mission is not as bad as Jonah's. And so we learned in those first two verses, these four points, the value of the word of God, it all begins with the word of God, this book. Outside of this, we're kind of floundering around on our own. Our lives have to be built on the Word of God, the value of the Word of God. The second thing we learned is the urgency of the message of God. He said, immediately, I want you to go. In the New Testament, Jesus said, I want you to go, therefore. There's an urgency to the message that, he, that we hold within us, that we're to share with the, word, with the world. The third thing is the dimension of the mission of God, the dimension that God's mission includes people you and I wouldn't include the people that we like the least God says yeah they're on my list and I want you to go tell them now that's hard stuff and so the fourth thing was the uncomfortable nature of the command of God it's never easy God, you can't find a passage in this book in the eternal, infallible, inerrant word of God that says living for Jesus is supposed to be comfortable and easy. Regardless of what prosperity gospel preachers say, oh, you give your life to Jesus, you'll be healthy and rich and your, your middle schoolers will be perfect. We all know that ain't true. Okay? and so so living for Jesus and being on mission is not comfortable not comfortable and it's not supposed to be so there's a command to mission that's what it looks like number two that's where we begin today is a common response to missions we're going to see in this little book a common response to the mission of God in our life he says now in verse three instead your Bible may say but Your Bible may say rather. So instead but rather, Jonah immediately headed off to Tarshish to escape from the commission of the Lord. He traveled to Joppa. He found a merchant ship heading to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went aboard it to go with them to Tarshish, far away from the Lord. The first thing I got to do, Tarshish. Every time I say that, I feel like I got a speech impediment and I'm spitting all over my Bible. So let's just all say that together. Tarshish. Forever, I wanted to call it Tarshish because it comes out easier. There's an H at the end of that, all right? Everybody say Tarshish. Tarshish. Y'all need to go get speech counseling, okay? Amen, that's a hard word, all right? And so what we find out in this is the common response to missions is this. The only part of God's commission and God's command and God's call in Jonah's life was he got it immediately. That's all he got right. God said immediately go here. He immediately went, but he didn't go there. In fact, he went in the opposite direction because any time a passage begins with instead, rather, or but, there's a directional change. God said, go over here, but Jonah, instead Jonah, rather Jonah. And so listen, when we change directions from the direction God has placed us in, when God has uh, has aligned us and given us a, a thing to do, and we go the other direction, let me tell you what that's called. You ready? rebellion disobedience you want an easier word sin the word we don't like to talk about anytime we're not doing what God has told us to do we are in rebellion we're disobedient and we are sinful and and so the problem that that Jonah had is he didn't want to go to the target and I don't blame him I don't like going to the target either Kendra likes the target I don't like the target but his target was Nineveh. And if you, when we know what Nineveh is, we understand more why he didn't want to go. And sometimes what we do is just like Jonah, we justify our disobedience um, by overthinking uh, what it is he's called us to do. We kind of work it all out in our mind uh, to where we end up not doing what it is that God wants us to do. Uh, in reality... There's a whole lot of Jonah in every single one of us. Look at the person next to you. Let's just bust them up and say, you look like Jonah. Now listen to me. As harsh as that sounds, as heavy and burdensome as that sounds, when we read the whole book, it can be a compliment. You see, all of us look like Jonah. Why is that? Because we're all under the command, the commission, and the calling of God. God. And at times, we all, just like Jonah, rebel, are disobedient, and are found sinful in our calling. But the beauty of it is, God doesn't give up on you. Isn't that good news? God never gives up on us, even when we don't do what it is we're supposed to do. So sometimes in my life, my life looks like, instead, Pastor Joel. Rather, Pastor Joel, but Pastor Joel. Now, you put your name in there. When God gives you a command, sometimes instead your name, but your name, rather your name. Now why is that? If we know the word of God, and it's because of the word of God that we heard the love of God, and it's because we heard the love of God, we were exposed to the grace of God. And because we were exposed to the grace of God, the Holy Spirit uh, quickened our heart to receive the grace of God and we're saved. It all came from this book. And and the only reason we have an eternal hope for living is because of the truth that's found in this book. Well then, if we know the truth, then why is it we still choose to be disobedient, sinful, and rebellious? Are you ready? There's a simple biblical answer. Because every single person in here and every single person out there, I'm included, have kind of a, a dichotomy of existence. There's kind of two of me. There's a physical me that you're looking at, looking good I might add, and then there's the inside, the spiritual side of me, my mind, my emotions, my heart, and my will, okay? There's two of me, and the problem with the two of me is they don't play well with others. They stand adamantly opposed to each other, spirit and flesh. When I was in elementary school, we'd get a report card, you know, now you just look it up online I think, but in my report card there was a thing a little box that says uh plays well with others man I'd get a all the time check mark on that I played well with others I was the picture of playing well with others unfortunately so good at playing well with others the part where they put the letters by the different parts it wasn't a's and b's all the time but I played well with others listen our flesh person and our spirit person never play well with each other. They stand against each other. It's why Paul said, man, I want to do what's right. I keep doing what's wrong, and, and what I don't want to do, that's what I do. It's like the Dr. Seuss passage of Paul, and, and, and it's what we, how we live our lives. And, and why is that? Because spirit and flesh do not play well with others. Spirit says do this, and, and quite honestly, we want to do right, But then, but rather and instead, the flesh side of us rises up. And Scripture tells us this is true. Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 5. Beginning in verse 16, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, they're separated. He says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They don't play well with others. They are in conflict with each other. So that you're not to do whatever you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, he's going to unpack the flesh side, the natural side of you, the pre-Jesus side of you. This is what it looks like, verse 19. He says, The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, pause. He's not talking about somebody who's a believer who sins in one of those areas at some point in their life. He's talking about somebody who lives that life, who lives the life in the flesh, not in the spirit. Now, I'll just tell you, we're going to find out in this book that if you're a child of God uh, and you're disobedient, you're rebellious, and you're sinful against what you know to do, God still loves you, but if you're a child of His, He will discipline you. And and here's how one way you can know if you're a child of God, whether you're a believer or not. You take a little walk on the wild side. You live a life of rebellion against God and you never feel the discipline of God. If you if you're if you seem to be fine living in sin, you're not a child of God. Whoa, that's heavy. It's true. The Bible says, whom the father loveth he also chasteneth or disciplines it goes on to say if you if you're not chastened or disciplined by the father he's not your father and so so God will discipline now here he just described the flesh you the side, the natural tendency of you to do the things that God doesn't want for your life the things that are not best for your life now he says a directional change word but instead rather he says on the other hand The fruit of the Spirit now is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? The fruits of the Spirit. That's how we're supposed to live our life. And so they're adamantly opposed to each other. Now, he goes on to 24, and he says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since now we live by the Spirit, so let us keep in step with the Spirit." That would have been a good passage for Paul to have sent to Jonah um, about 500 years earlier or for God to have given him. Listen, Jonah, you're flesh and your spirit, but you need to be careful that you walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. It's a good message for Jonah. Listen to me. It's a good message for us. We need to write this passage down and read it regularly. Galatians that says this is how we're supposed to live and this is who we used to be. And so it's a battle that we all face. And in the whole mission endeavor, listen, when we walk in the flesh, we will never fulfill God's mission and our commission. Never. We cannot be mission-minded if we're walking and living in the flesh to be missional, to be to care enough and to love enough, somebody to share the truth of God, the, the message, the good gospel of Jesus, to demonstrate a life that leads other people uh, to Jesus. We have to live in the spirit and not in the flesh. Now, we need to look at this just for a little because what does that mean? We know what it means to obey, right? If you've been here for the last few weeks in missions month, you would have heard this. If you've been a Christian for very long, in a church for very long, you would know that you and I, we are all commissioned, called, and commanded to the mission. Here it is. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Ah, that word preach, that's for you, Brother Joel. It is for me, but it's for you too. It's for all believers to share Jesus with a lost and confused world. Luke chapter 14, 23 says, so the master said to his slave, go out the highways and country roads and urge people to come in so that my house will be filled. And so we gotta agree that we're under the command, the commission and call of God. And we've got to agree that we got a lot of Jonah in us Because we have rebelled, we've been disobedient, and we're sinful when it comes to our commission. Now, I could say, who in here would be willing to stand up and tell me the stories this week where you shared the gospel intentionally with a person in your world? I could ask that question. It would probably be crickets. It would probably be crickets. I could ask you this morning, who is here this morning because you intentionally invited people to church because God has commissioned you to go out into the highways and the hedges and compelling them to come in so his house may, may be full and most of us would not be able to raise our hand and say, now Bob and Heather would do that. They got people, they invited friends, came from California and Nevada, yeah, Nevada and California, so they smoked all of us. Anybody going to Trump, California, or Nevada today? Anybody got somebody here from the Ukraine or something? That's what I thought. You win, Bob. You, you, you and Heather win for today, okay? Now, but for the most part, we just stink at being on mission for God. We, we take it lightly. Now, I venture to say, if I said anybody in here, didn't tell anybody about Jesus this week or invite people to church because you just don't like that commission and so you just got up Monday and you said you know I heard the whole mission sermon yesterday but you know what God I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I'll help at the museum at the fall at the museum I'll help with the kindergram. I'll, I'll attend the ladies event I'll serve in the connection center I'll go keep a baby but I am not telling people about Jesus and I'm not inviting people to church because they really don't want to hear it anyway. And Joel ain't that good of a preacher. You know, you just bow up, put your fist up and say, I'm not doing it. I venture to say there's nobody in here that is that brass and that, that hard and cold. Okay. If you are, come see me after. We'll pray for you. You need to get saved. Okay. Most of us wouldn't do that. In fact, most of us would say, yeah, I do have a family member who's unchurched, dechurched, and out of church that needs a good church home. Yeah, I do have some neighbors that, that aren't into the whole spiritual world. They don't want to know about Jesus and they don't want to know about lost and saved and sin and forgiveness. Yeah, I do have people in my circle that I wish would get it, but we don't do it. Now, we're not, we, we're not so bold as to say, I will not do it. What we do is it's subtle and it's stealthy disobedience. You see, we've bought into the idea that, that, that uh, postponed obedience is not disobedience. That's a lie. Postponed obedience is disobedience. And disobedience is sin and so once we begin to think about that we're like well how did I get here you know how we get here we drift we put it in neutral and we just float downstream we just unintentionally maybe stop reading the word we kind of get too busy to spend time praying we allow the interruptions of the world to interfere with our faithfulness to the Lord's church these things creep into our life and we just move further and further away and then one day we wake up and it's jonah chapter 1 verse 3 instead we immediately headed in the other direction why just like script, scripture says to escape from the commission of the lord that's just how we live our lives and it's not new it's been that way since the garden Adam and Eve, when they fell to sin and realized they were naked and they were ashamed before each other, the world and God, what did they do? They said, well, we can fix this. It's not that big a deal. We'll get us some leaves and make us some clothes and we'll hide in the bushes. That's religion where we try to fix ourselves and make ourselves presentable to God. It's so easy for this to happen. And that's the world we live in to the place where we'll say, I will go anywhere. I will do anything, but I will not do the one thing that God has called me to do. Now, here's what happened in Jonah's life. It goes on now. He says, after he found a merchant ship heading to Tarshish, and this is what he did. It says, So he paid the fare and went aboard a ship to go with them to Tarshish, far away from the Lord. When we run from the command of God by walking in the flesh, there's always a fare to pay, right? There's always a price and we pay our own ticket we pay our own way for rebellion you listen when we're on mission for God when we're obedient to God he provides the resources for us to live a fruitful life he cares for us he gives us everything we need when we run from God it costs us and we are unaware we're paying to be disobedient to God He went down to Joppa and said, You got any extra seats on the cargo ship? They said, Sure, we do. The enemy always has an available seat with your name on it. Two weeks ago, Kendra and Caitlin and two of our grandkids went to Orlando uh, so they could go to uh, all the stuff. (laughs) The stuff in Orlando, the amusement parks, there's the word. The amusement parks. And so they went all week and had a good time, didn't you, Kendra? They had a good time. Kids had a good time. My job was to fly down on Thursday night so I could go to Magic Kingdom on Friday. But the real reason they wanted me to come, so I would be their personal Uber driver to bring them home on Saturday. And so I did. That's what I do. And so I I got a ticket on Allegiant Air. Well, Kelsey got me a ticket or Kendra got me a ticket on Allegiant Air. Allegiant Air is fine, okay? You can fly to Orlando for like $29, you know, on this particular day, mine was 54, 74, I don't remember. But let me tell you something. The, the Martinez family were out and we were waiting on our flight and they're boarding everybody. And why everybody is so excited to get on an airplane that's overcrowded, I do not know. I'm a little claustrophobic, maybe a lot. So I, I hang out outside. And fortunately, I had conversation. I wasn't thinking about the flying. Here's what happened I got on the plane that I had paid for a ticket and it was packed because they're packed. And they're all mashed in there. It's a it's Allegiant Sardine Airlines. And so I'm walking back through there, and you know, it's like the walk of shame, you're the last one, and you know, and I I was in the expensive seats, row 21. (laughs) Seat C. All right. And they're all full, but you know what? 21C was mine. They didn't say it on the seat, but it said it on my ticket. I want you to know something. Allegiant Air, they're not satanic but the enemy is kind of like a legionnaire he always has you a seat reserved all you've got to do is pay your fare and your seat will be waiting and he will take you wherever God doesn't want you to go and I'm not saying God didn't want me to go to Orlando but uh, I'm saying there's always a seat reserved for you it can be crowded but there's always a seat with your name on it and so there's a price to pay when we're disobedient to God. It's not like Jonah didn't know what God wanted him to do. He's a prophet. God spoke to him and he spoke the oracles of God to people. He knew right from wrong. He knew the, the vast goodness of God. He knew the indescribable nature of God. And he still chose to be disobedient to the commission to tell other people about God and so it's just the way of temptation and it's been that way from the beginning see the enemy tells tells you part of the story he says you 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 don't have to go to Nineveh in fact follow me down here to Joppa look can we get a ticket for this guy oh it's only that much have you got that much Jonah yes I do well go ahead and get you a ticket and you're free to go that's all he tells you all you see on the surface is the cost of the ticket he doesn't reveal the rest of the story he didn't reveal the rest of the story to Adam and Eve in the garden he told them you can be like god on this day he didn't he didn't emphasize the fact that they would surely begin to die and a curse would transfer to all mankind he left that part out he never tells the whole story he ne- he did not tell the whole story in heaven when he convinced a third of the angels that he had a better plan than God and he deceived a third of the angels he he didn't tell the whole story in the wilderness to Moses and the nation of Israel that caused them to wander around for 40 years he didn't tell the whole story on the back porch when David was watching, watching Bathsheba take a bath he didn't tell the whole story at the supper with Judas Iscariot he didn't tell the whole story at the port with Jonah and we're no different listen to me church You want the whole story? It's found in this book. And if you're looking for information anywhere but this book, you will not get the whole story. Because the world system is saturated with the lies of the enemy. And the only truth for living you'll ever find is in this book. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you to digest this thing. Take it into your life. Read it. Study it. Cherish it. Take ownership and live under it. And you will be blessed and you'll experience all of God's best for your life. I was talking with a friend of mine just yesterday. He's 47, 48 years old. And he had a a terrible bout in his life. He's been clean for, I think he said, nine years. And and he said uh, he works a lot. And he said, the reason I work so much is it keeps my mind off of bad things. That's kind of how he worded it. And, And I said, but you're doing good, right? He said, I'm doing good. He said, but at any moment, I could fall right back into that trap. And he said, you know, when I was growing up, I never drank, I never did drugs. And he said, and one day, somebody offered me a pill called Oxycontin. And I took that pill. I, had, and I never had a desire for anything else, but I took that pill, and it let me escape from the world that I live in. And it had my name on it. And he said, and it was so funny. He was telling the story, and I'm thinking about this message. And I told him, I said, God never tells you the whole story on the front end. And what happened? He got, became badly addicted to it, to the place where he began to rob and steal. And from his own family, his mother, and from businesses, he went to the penitentiary. And he spent years there and now he's clean the devil never tells us the whole story all he shows us is the front end cost and not what it's going to take away from us in the end and so jonah respected valued asset of the jewish religious system he had made sacrifices all along the way and he just at this point was determined not to do this thing and go to nineveh and so that's what we look like some today We have to be careful who we listen to ephesians chapter 5 verse 6 says let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of god comes upon the sons of disobedience first samuel 12 15 says if you will not listen to the voice of the lord but rebel against the command of the lord then the hand of the lord will be against you as it was your father's i want to challenge and encourage every believer in here be extremely careful who you listen to. God has commissioned you, commanded you, called you to something greater. And the world system wants nothing but to keep you away from it. It's the same as it was for Jonah in your life today. In my life today. So there's a, there's a, a, a command of missions. There's a common response to the mission of God, which is what we look like. Thirdly, I want you to see there's a commitment to the missions There's always a commitment to missions. You get that? The problem is it's not ours. I want to look at three verses for this point. Verse 4, verse 17, and chapter 2, verse 10. Now in verse 4, it says, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind on the sea. Such a violent tempest arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Verse 17, The Lord sent a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. Chapter 2, verse 10. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto the dry land. Now, the commitment to missions is God's. God is eternally committed to the mission. What is the mission? God inviting people from all people groups into his forever family. That's the mission of God. And he's eternally committed to that. Before the foundation of the earth, he knew you. Before the foundation of the the earth, he picked you. Before the foundation of the earth, he had a plan to rescue and redeem and save you. He's eternal. Forever in the future, he will have you and keep you and hold you and, and provide for you. The mission is an eternal commitment from God. That is amazing. And even when we rebel, what seems to be at our absolute worst, right here, Jonah went in the opposite direction. God was still committed to the mission. There's a change of direction in this. It says, in verse 4, it says, but the Lord hurled a storm. (laughs) I just like that. First of all, there's a directional change. There's that word, but, again. You know what that means? God trumped Jonah's butt okay what are you laughing oh it's I didn't even catch that that's exactly what happened God trumped Jonah's butt with a butt he says but you what okay but I'm doing this but he hurled a storm now listen to me there's people maybe even in this room certainly right outside those doors who do not believe these four chapters of Jonah because of part two of God's commitment to missions and that is God sent a big fish They just cannot get by the big fish. How do they get by God hurling a storm? They don't not believe Jonah because of a fish. Don't believe Jonah because it says God hurled a storm. Listen, we're talking about a God so indescribable and unfathomable that he commands the wind to blow. He commands the drops of water to fall. He commands the lightning to strike. He commands where it's supposed to happen. And on this sea in the Mediterranean, somewhere between Joppa and Tarshish, God said, storm, go. And he hurled it. I just like a a God who can hurl a storm. That just sounds good. He's big enough to hurl a storm. The God, listen... The God who whispered everything into existence has no problem hurling a storm. But I want you to know he didn't stop in his commitment to missions by hurling a storm. He would have been justified to hurl the storm and that be the end of that book. And somebody else would have, would have had to write the narrative because Jonah wouldn't have survived. Because he was in disobedience. But he didn't stop there. He hurled a storm to prepare them for what he was going to do next it says that he sent a fish he just sent a fish and you'll have these conversations young people let me just tell you you'll have these conversations where well, I just don't believe in a big fish Jonah and the whale talked about that last. like that's his last name John the Baptist and Jonah and the whale that's not his name it's it's not even a whale it says Jonah and a fish it's what it says the Hebrew says a sea monster it could be the Loch Ness Monster. I don't know what it is. But I want to tell you this. Jonah is off the, off the coast of, of uh, Israel, on the coast, and Joppa is the, is the port, and he's jumping on a ship, and he's going to go due east from where God wanted him to go. God wanted him to go 500 miles inland to Nineveh. He's headed 2,500 miles west in a boat here's what's going to happen you look at your map he gets on his boat he looks up to his right north he sees turkey he's continuing on the ship he's going to make it he's going to look up he's going to see Italy he's going to see the boot of Italy coming down into the Mediterranean he's going to keep sailing on this boat and he's going to pass the southern border of Spain and when he gets to the southernmost point of Spain that's where he's going to find Tarshish uh, 2,500 miles away from where he started, 3,000 miles away from where he was supposed to be. And somewhere on that little journey, OK, God sent a big fish. I just like this. Now let me just help some of you scoffers, skeptics. People have survived in the belly of a great white shark, and there are great white sharks in the Mediterranean. People have survived multiple times in the stomach of a whale. Let's just do a little whale study right now. People say, I think it was a sperm whale. I, don't, I wasn't there. And you weren't there either. We don't know what it was, okay? But I know this. God sent a big fish. There is a big fish real time right now called the blue whale. Everybody heard of the blue whale? <laughs> do you know how, long, how far they communicate with each other in the ocean? You Ready? 4,000 miles. Kendra can't communicate well to me four feet away on the couch. And they're ooh to each other 4,000 miles and having a conversation. Maybe you ought to try that next time. Give me a big ooh, okay? 4,000 miles they communicate with each other. These whales weigh 286,000 pounds, 143 tons. They're as big, they're as long as three school buses. Their heart is the size of a golf cart. That's pretty cool. Their tongue weighs as much as an elephant. That, my friend, is a pretty big fish. They are known to be in the Mediterranean Sea. Was it a blue whale? I don't know, it's a big fish. You can call it whatever he wants to. Now, right now, some of y'all said, well, that's kind of cool. I feel better about the story of Jonah now, right? Some of us feel that way. So you're going to have a conversation. Did you know about the blue whale? He's big as three school bus, Got a heart size of a golf cart. Now you're educated, got this information. And here's what they're going to say, because they've been studying too. Yeah, but did you know the the whale has multiple stomachs? And did you know there's no oxygen in the stomach? So there's no air for Jonah to have breathed. So even if he was swallowed by a big fish, he couldn't survive. There's no oxygen. Are you serious? Here's what you say. Are you serious? You have no problem with God hurling a storm. You have no problem with God creating a big fish that's as big as three school buses with a heart the size of a golf cart. You know what I have no problem with? I have no problem believing that 2,500 years ago, inside that first stomach cavity, there was oxygen. And as far as I know, there could have been a lazy boy sofa, a big screen TV, and an Xbox because he's God. And we don't have to understand everything he does. And we never will because his ways and his thoughts are above our ways and our thoughts. He is a big God. And he is committed to the mission. And it looks like I think I'll hurl a storm. I think I'm going to send a big fish. He didn't stop right there. It gets real nasty now. It says, thirdly, he hurled Jonah on the shore. Now, that's a wake-up call. Listen to me. Let me just go cut to the chase. Every single person in here is a believer in Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, born again, saved by the blood of his sacrifice on a cross. You are commanded and commissioned and called to tell people about Jesus and to invite people into his forever family. And you cannot run from that. And last time I checked, God has not hurled a storm in your life, sent a fish to swallow you. And puked you on the shore to get your attention. So this is your wake up call. Isn't this much cleaner? Isn't this better? No fish goo on us. Okay. No in the darkness of the stomach of a big fish. We're in the lights of this wonderful church facility. Hearing the good news and the encouragement and the challenge to simply go do what it is he's called us to do. God is committed to the mission. Tell the person next to you, he's committed to the mission, tell him. Now ask him, how about you? He's not finished. You know how I know he's not finished with the mission? This is good, because you and I are here. And because he is still there. His mission is not complete. Therefore, his commission is not complete. He is there. You are here. And the mission goes on. What about scripture to support that one, Pastor Joel? Okay. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise as some regards slowness but is being patient towards you. Because he does not wish for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You see, he hasn't come back yet because he's still committed to his mission. And he hasn't taken us there yet because he's still committed to the mission. God could have done anything he wanted to to get his message to the world. He hurls storms and sends fishes and pukes people. He could have done anything he wanted. He could have written his own plan. He could have spoken the gospel through the stars in the sky. But he chose to use you and me and our story. You know, you got a story. You got a story. And when your story intersects with his story, he'll use you to make history. You got a story and he just wants you to tell it. Steve, can I throw you under the bus, buddy? I'm gonna throw you under the bus. Steve was working in Saudi Daisy. I'm gonna tell you a friend you've been wanting to witness to. Is that okay? Steve's been doing a project, he's a contractor and he's been doing a, building a, a fire station and uh, he said the project's gone on and on and he's wondering why is this thing still going on and one day he just kind of felt convicted the guy he's working with he's pretty confident that he's lost and he said I haven't shared my faith with him <laughs> and he said I'm thinking if I don't share my faith with him soon I'm just going to build a house move down there because this thing's going to go on forever listen that is so good what God does it's what God did to Jonah God's committed to the mission he says man I got you in a place I got you a little circle right there of people who you have an ear with that you speak to that they'll listen to you and I've placed inside of you a seed of hope the gospel of Jesus the thing that radically changes our eternal destiny And he says, I've placed it in you, and I've put you in a place of people that need the message. They look like Nineveh, and you look like Jonah. And I'm telling you, I just need you to go there and tell them. And so this is the day where we get to choose, am I going to be an instead but rather follower of God? Or am I going to be a committed follower of Jesus, obedient to his command, his commission, and his call? There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that right now there's people in this place who have on your heart people in your circle, in your world that are a burden to you. That all of a sudden you realize, I'm the Jonah that needs to speak to them and you're terrified right when God tells us to go all we have to do is go he'll empower us he'll give us the words to speak and over the next and next week we'll see what it can look like when we do things God's way I want you to bow your head and close your eyes I just want you to know today that a mission, God's commitment to missions around the world to every nation is beautiful and amazing. But in all of that vastness, He's committed to another mission, and that's you. And maybe you're here today, you have a form of religion. You have some Bible knowledge, you've heard the story, but you've never received his grace gift. You've never just said, God, I know I'm a sinner and in this moment right now, I know you're speaking to me. This is my day of salvation. I am Nineveh and I feel your mission your invitation to me into your forever family so God I lay it all down I confess my sin I repent I'm not not sorry that I got convicted of it I repent I'm turning in a different direction I want Jesus in all of his perfection to come in and replace me and all of my brokenness I receive your gift thank you for choosing to love me thank you for inviting me into your forever family from this day forward God I want your spirit to help me live for you I want you to be the Lord the master the ruler of my life it's no longer my life it's yours from this day forward thank you for hearing my prayer now, if you just prayed that prayer I want you to find a connection card on your worship guide and write your name and your number on there and turn it in the Connection Center. I wanna call you and help you with the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And for the rest of us, our prayer needs to be this, God, Jonah here, where is the Nineveh that you're pointing me to? I have been floating around on the wrong boat for too long. Help me get to shore so I can speak to the people that you have placed in my circle of influence help me be a game changer in somebody's life in Jesus name father I thank you so much for this little book tucked away in the old testament I thank you for this incredible prophet of yours named Jonah who looks and sounds an awful lot like us I thank you God for your patience That you're not finished with your mission yet but god there's a day coming and it's my heart's prayer that it's soon when you will return to this earth and the mission will be complete but until that day comes help me help our leadership help this church on this hill be a light that shines the gospel into a dark world right here in east tennessee extending around the world And we will give you the praise and the glory for it all. Because it's your mission. It's just our commission. And we pray it in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing and our altar is open and there's pads you can come down. If you want to pray and commit something to the Lord, this would be a wonderful day to do that. Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events.